So this morning, I also want to let you know, just, just so that you're aware how we're doing things, again, it's a little bit different. At the end of service, we're going to release you row by row, so the ushers are going to come and bring you out row by row so we can, you know, we're not getting these big crowds or anything, not that there's a huge crowd, but it's good to, uh, to do that. We're gonna, uh, and on the way out, you're going to see they're going to have a basket right there for you. We're not going to pass the offering baskets around, but there's a basket there for your tithes and offerings. So at the end of the service, on the way out, as an act of worship, uh, you can just drop your tithes and offerings right there in the basket. Definitely would appreciate that. And I want to continue to say a huge thank you for so many of you who have continued to give, even despite all of this. We've been getting checks in the mail. We've been getting them dropped off. Some of you are doing it online. And it's been a huge blessing to see that the church is still going well and strong, despite where we are. So that's much thanks to you. So yeah, I think that deserves a huge hand. I also want to make you aware of a food drive that we're going to be doing here as a church. Uh, Anna Rogers came to me with this idea, and uh, so she's really pushing this to do a food drive to help those that are in need during this time. So uh, starting next week and the week after that, you can bring in some food. We're going to have a, a container there for you to drop it off. And we're going to bring that all to the food bank so that we can help others who may be in bigger needs than some of us are today. So the next couple of weeks, we're going to ask you to bring those things. And also, Hannah is here today. Uh, Hannah, you want to stand up? So here she is. So if for some reason you can't bring it into church or you don't feel comfortable and you're watching online and you don't feel comfortable with coming quite yet, uh, Hannah's willing to pick it up at your, at your house. You just give her the address or Google map it or whatever and get there to you and pick it up. You can leave it on the doorstep if that's what you feel the most comfortable with. So just want to give you that opportunity. It's definitely a great idea. I was very excited that she had that idea. It's good that when, when people begin to see God at work and beginning to see the needs, and they begin to step up and say, we should do something about that. So definitely appreciate Hannah for that today. I also want to let you know, for Anchor Kids, we are not meeting quite yet, but there's still video online for you. Uh, the message today was, is The Singer. I know my boys watched it last night before bed because we posted it last night. But if you, uh, you know, so that's a great opportunity for you to continue to learn and grow in your faith. Miss, Mrs. Maria has been putting all of those together for you so you can continue to learn from God's word and continue to be challenged from God's word. So I encourage you, kids, uh, talk to your parents, tell them to go to our Facebook page and watch that video today. Now today is week seven of a series that we've started seven weeks ago called Infinitely More. And we've been continuing to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit and also the work that God has for us. That God wants to do infinitely more in our lives than we could ever think, ask, or imagine. Anything that we may think of is well below what God thinks we can do. Because we look at our own power. We look at our own gifts. We look at our own abilities. But of course, when we factor the Holy Spirit working in and through us, it does give us the ability to do infinitely more. And so we've continued to use this scripture verse all throughout this series Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think so I want to thank you for being here over these next six weeks and welcome to the final week of this series infinitely more of course, as we stated earlier, today is Pentecost Sunday, and as we meet together, we gather with expectation that the Holy Spirit is at work among us, that he is working in us 
every day. And when we go back to the early church, when we go back to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, we see that there's some people meeting and gathered in an upper room that had that same excitement about what God was going to do next, what the next step was going to be. How was the Holy Spirit going to come? They didn't know. They only had the promise that Jesus said that you stay in the city until I send my Holy Spirit to you. They didn't know what it was going to look like. And this empowered the first believers, the Holy Spirit, at work in their lives, as we see in Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Spirit falls upon them, it empowers them to live lives of infinitely more. Now, over the series, we've journeyed with Jesus. We've listened to some of his teaching. We've seen his miracles, and we've seen his declarations, the things that he spoke out of his mouth that just came to be, those promises that continue to be true for us today. And we have discovered God's plan for you and me to live a life of infinitely more. Now, no matter where you find yourself this morning in your journey of faith, some of you may be at the beginning point, others may be somewhere in the middle, and others may be the, the end of your journey or getting towards the end of your journey. There is still, even now, infinitely more to be experienced. No matter what age you are, young or old, God still has infinitely more for you right now in this moment. You are here regardless of age because he has called you and because he has kept you here. Do you believe that this morning? That God has infinitely more for you no matter what your age, no matter where you are in your journey of faith? God's divine plan leads each of us to Jesus, where we find hope, where we find forgiveness, where we find eternal life. But his plan also leads each of us to the Holy Spirit. That's what we've been working up through, through these last six weeks. You see, the Holy Spirit was present at creation. We see him hovering over the waters in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And it's, he was evident in the life of individuals throughout the Old Testament. We see prophets of old that spoke words that the Holy Spirit gave to them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There were many kings, even, and prophets that were filled with the Holy Spirit at different moments. And then they were in this time of waiting for the Holy Spirit to be revealed to them at just the right time. After Jesus left, they were left trying to figure out what the next steps would be. Now, when you look through the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit was prophesied. That means it was foretold, that it was going to come. At some moment in time, at some moment in history, God was going to break through with the power of his Holy Spirit from heaven to earth to empower us. And it was prophesied by a prophet named Joel in the Old Testament. He spoke of the coming of the Holy Spirit hundreds of years before it even happened. In Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 29, it says, then after doing all those things, I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Jesus points to this coming of the Holy Spirit all throughout his ministry. In John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, 
He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Last week we talked about what that advocate means. Who will never leave you. Everybody say never. The advocate that will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. So Jesus reminds his followers of his great plan after he appeared to them in the resurrection as well. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says, Now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. The Holy Spirit fills you with power from heaven. You see, the heart of God is for you and me to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And why? Why be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why does he want that for his people? Why does he want that for his church? It's to continue the mission that he had given even his disciples a long time ago. Jesus wants you and me to have the Holy Spirit so we can continue the mission and ministry that he placed us on this earth to achieve. And also to live faithfully until he returns. It's part of the song we just sang, that fullness song. We'll wait for his coming. But we won't just wait, will we? We're called to a mission. We're called to a purpose. We're called to a world in need. And it's not a waiting game. It's not in sit. It's not about sitting and waiting to see what happens. He's called us to action. And it goes beyond that. To continue the ministry until he returns. Our king is soon returning. We don't hear that a lot these days. But scripture teaches that he will return, and he will return for his church. And we need to be ready for his return. And while we're ready, and while we're preparing ourselves, we're to be sharing this with others so that they're ready when he returns as well. You see, as you experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit, your life is going to change, and the life of those around you is going to change. The way you see them is going to change. Like we prayed about this morning about our nation and what we're seeing, what people need is Jesus. What they need is a filling of the Holy Spirit. What they need is love. What they need is to be able to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of race or regardless of age or regardless of denomination. That's what the world needs to see from his church. And the Holy Spirit is given to us, not just so it could be something that we could brag about. The Holy Spirit is given to us to give us power to accomplish all the work that he's placed out there for us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Why did the Holy Spirit come upon us? To be my witnesses about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the two key words of this passage here are number one, it's power. He's given us the power to accomplish the mission. He didn't send us out in our own strength. 
Jesus knows that we will need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit at work in us in order to do infinitely more than what he's calling us to do. And the second word that we see here is witnesses. The power of the Holy Spirit makes us effective witnesses in the world around us. It gives us the words to speak. It gives us what some people call a divine push sometimes when we see somebody and we hear that still small voice saying, you need to talk to that person. You need to help them. And we become obedient to that. And the Holy Spirit begins to work in that life. We are to be his witnesses to the world. In a world that's indifferent to the gospel and living in opposition to God's word, Jesus knew that we would need the Holy Spirit to be able to get through this time and in our culture and in our nation. To bring clarity in our minds as we move forward and see what's happening in our nation. And let me say this to you this morning. We need this power more than ever before. See, Jesus knew that the Holy Spirit living inside of us would cause us to boldly tell people everywhere of God's plans. You know, and God's plans for infinitely more than we could ever ask or think or imagine is not just for us sitting here in this church, is it? That promise is for every person outside of these walls. That promise is for the people driving by here right now in this moment, for the people sitting at the beach, for the people stuck in their homes. That promise is for every one of us today that he wants to give infinitely more. He wants to do infinitely more than where you are today, in you and through you. You know, we think about the times of the New Testament. And we think about the time that they were living in prior to the Holy Spirit falling down, coming down upon them. There are some similarities that we can see in our world today versus what they were going through then. You see, they met together because Jesus said that he was going to send his Holy Spirit. He said, stay and don't go anywhere until I send my Holy Spirit upon you. But even, even with those words, this was a time of fear for them. This was a time of despair for them. See, Jesus was gone, and although he appeared to them, they still were very unsure about what the next steps were. He said he would send his Holy Spirit, but what does that mean? What is that going to look like? So we're just going to sit and wait. Well, no, they didn't just sit and wait, did they? What did they do? They prayed. They were in a room together praying. They did what they could in the moment. And prayer is a weapon. And prayer is that ability to allow the Holy Spirit to begin working in our lives. And we find ourselves today where we look around and there are many people in despair. Just like the disciples were holed up in, their, in that upper room prior to Jesus showing up. Right? They were holed in the upper room. Jesus is, was dead. He was buried. And they were hiding. Anybody feel like you're in hiding these days? Lock up the house. Board up the windows. Wondering, man, is it safe to go out? Should I go out? Can I go out? <laughs> Fearful of the next step. Isn't that what many people are looking at? What's the next step? And they're a little fearful. 
about what that next step is, even with the opening of certain things. There's a little fear there. Our nation, actually the world, is desperate for a move of God. Desperate for a move of God. Spirit, come. And it's in this moment you were born for such a time as this. It's in this moment that God says, I am going to send my Holy Spirit to you and I will give you the power to be my witnesses in this world of a pandemic, in this world of violence, in this world of anger, in this world of bitterness, in this world that you live in today, I will send my spirit to you and give you the power to be my witness in this world that you find yourself in today. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. This is, the, of course, the scene of Pentecost. And it says this, On the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, say everyone present, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, and I challenge you to say those five times fast. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Must be that new wine. One of the interesting things about this, that I didn't really catch this before, but even as we were praying this morning, look at the number of nations represented there in that time. Because no, no matter what nation or race you are, we are all children of God. We're all brothers and sisters. Going to verse, verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Getting started early. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. 
and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day that the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, the believers of that time were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they were given immediate power. And we see Peter, who once did not even knowing Jesus, stepping forward with confidence and speaking with clarity about God's plan for the nations, about God's plan for those people there, and about God's plan that all people would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as Peter witnessed to the crowds that day, thousands of believers came to know Christ. Thousands of people came to know Christ. And the church was birthed. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 says, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. You see, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to witness. Secondly, the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11 says, To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is one, it is the one and only Holy Spirit who distri- distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So we have these gifts, and not only does the Holy Spirit give us power, but the Holy Spirit gives us the gifts that we need to communicate God's heart and his plan for us and for others and for the world around us. These spiritual gifts are a gift given by the Holy Spirit to each one. And each gift is different. And not everyone has all those gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. You see, this form of spiritual gift is not for us. It's not for you to have a badge of honor with your spiritual gifts listing on your, listed on your chest right here, like you're in the military. The Holy Spirit is not reserved for the pastors or the spiritual elite. The Holy Spirit is for everyone who submits their lives to God, plain and simple. When you say, Lord, make new wine out of me, that's you giving your life over to him, saying, whatever it takes, I give my life to you. These spiritual gifts are for service, and the gift of the Holy Spirit are not given to make us bigger stars, but rather better servants. So these gifts are not for us to hold on to, but to give away as the world needs to know that God has this great plan of hope, forgiveness, and grace for them, and redemption. See, the day of Pentecost was about making a lot of noise and drawing attention to Christians about bringing glory to God. Tongues of fire, bringing glory to his son. When you and I live with the Holy Spirit inside of us, we're just destined to live lives that point others to God. 
We're the, we're the delivery men. You think about deliveries. I don't know about you, but when it comes to deliveries, especially these days, where you have to get so much delivered rather than going to stores sometimes, I like it to be delivered on time. How about you? You like it to come when it says it's going to come. And there's nothing more frustrating than a gift being delayed in its delivery. Now, not long ago, there was a United States postal worker who was caught with a public storage full of mail that was to be delivered. The postal worker said he felt too much pressure, and he was trying to keep up with his mail route, so he rented this facility for $49 a month with the sole purpose of just putting that mail he didn't have time to deliver. Nearly 5,000 pieces of mail were reportedly found stashed in this unit. They discovered pieces of first-class mail, which included letters from the Department of Motor Vehicles, the IRS, insurance companies, bank statements, and other tax, tax forms. The postal worker told authorities that he intended to deliver the mail in the storage unit, but he just fell behind. See, God wants you and I to deliver this great message of hope in time to the world around us and on time to the world around us. We shouldn't be putting that delivery in storage for a later date. It's time to deliver that message now. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, Come back to God. And the good news is that God doesn't want us to feel pressured to do this. He wants us to feel empowered to do this. He gives us the Holy Spirit to allow us to deliver his message and distribute his gifts with courage and clarity. So here's the big question of this morning. How do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How long do I get this super or how do I get this supernatural power at work in my life? It's important to remember that the Holy Spirit is a free gift for every believer that has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I can tell you, though we see patterns throughout Scripture, if you talk to people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to get some different stories about how that happened. For me, I had people pray over me and pray over me and pray over me for years. Nothing. And I wanted to be sure that I was sure that I was sure that it was the Holy Spirit not feeling like I had to do it because I was pressured to do it. And I was a junior in college, and I just felt just this big burden on me one night to get up and pray. I went to a little lobby area that nobody was in. The lights were off. I just kneeled at a chair and prayed. And suddenly, as I began to pray, the Holy Spirit began speaking through me words that I didn't know. The Holy Spirit began praying through me in that moment, and I felt this overflow of the Holy Spirit as I was praying for that particular thing that the Lord laid on my heart. So I began in my own language, but I ended in a heavenly language, praying things that I didn't understand about situations I didn't fully understand. You see, but it's God's desire for each of us to be filled with his Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is often evidenced by a sign called speaking in tongues. It's a heavenly language. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. In Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46, it says, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit 
fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. That was a sign for them. That's how they knew. This person is filled with the Holy Spirit because he's doing and they're doing the same things that we saw in Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem. But why tongues? Some theorize that uh, the reason tongues is there is because the tongue can be the, one of the most unruly members of our body, can it? Saying things we didn't mean to say or maybe saying things we shouldn't say. It may be because the Holy Spirit is considered a, the most unruly member of the body, and it's logical then that possibly if even the most unruly member of our body shows total surrender to Christ, that we, we can allow the Holy Spirit to begin working in and through us. James 3.8 says, But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. So we allow the Holy Spirit to control that tongue, and we begin praying things that we never thought we would pray before and speaking things that we never thought we would speak before. And Scripture also teaches us to keep on being filled. The Apostle Paul encourages us to be filled with the Spirit, not just for a moment, not just for a temporary time, but on a continual basis. We should be seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day as a constant way of life. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, we're empowered to serve and share with others. A.W. Tozer put it this way. He said, when we have the Holy Spirit, we have all that is needed to be all that God desires us to be. This morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we prepare to close today. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to being baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is a free gift that God wants every believer to have give you the ability to witness, the boldness to witness, to see those gifts of healing begin to work through his church. And as I pray this morning, can you just open yourself up to the filling of the Holy Spirit? Whether you've sensed that before, whether you've never sensed the Holy Spirit filling you, would you just simply be open enough to say, Lord, and this is how I used to pray, Lord, whatever you have for me, I want it. I may not understand it. I may not be able to rationalize it. But Lord, if it's of you, I want everything that you have to give. Can you say this morning, make me a vessel, make me an offering, Make me whatever you've called me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Lord, make new wine out of me. Maybe you're praying that for the first time, or maybe you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit today. It's gotten a little old. You need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit overflowing in you. Lord, this morning we come before you and I pray that you would fill us to overflowing of your Holy Spirit. Allow your Holy Spirit to flow through us. Baptize us, Lord. 
Let there be tongues and works of empowerment. Let there be boldness and use of spiritual gifts in your church. Let there be revival among your people to further your kingdom in this world. Lord, we need a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit. We've gotten away from your spirit in our lives. Lord, today we renew our commitment to you. And we ask that you would baptize us in your Holy Spirit again and that we would keep on being filled. We would keep looking to you to fill us with more. Lord, we're desperate for you. We're desperate for a move of God in our nation. And it needs to begin with your church. Lord, I pray for influence in this community. I pray that you would empower us to reach our full potential. Empower us for infinitely more. Help us to use our spiritual gifts to point people to you and to lead people to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Give us the power to be your witness today. Begin that in this moment. Begin that in our hearts. Lord, I pray for infinitely more in each one of us. We're asking for that today. And Lord, I pray that we would overflow today, whether it be here in this service, whether it be home, whether it be driving, whether it be like I was in a dark room, praying out and crying out to you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone stand. We're going to do the blessing that we've been doing all throughout this series. And again, as we've been saying, that open palm is just a sign of receiving, receiving the blessing. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And may he do that in you, and may he do that in me. May he do that in our church. May he do that in our nation. May he do that in our world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. We're going to release you row by row, and now would be a good time to Put on those masks and prepare to, to head out. The offering basket is right there on the way out. You can drop it right in there. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Look forward to next Sunday.